When we think of prison, we often think of a place with a lot of restrictions and rules, like lots of rules, right? But the way Carrie Blakinger sees it, prison is actually a place where there are no rules. You know, no one's going to stop a a guard from being unnecessarily cruel, invasive, or abusive. If you are getting strip searched and the guard makes you pull out your tampon, even though that's not the policy, and they just make you do that, there's no one in that moment to stop it from happening. And that's what I mean by, like, there are no rules. Because in the moment, they can pretty much always do whatever they want. Blakinger is a journalist who covers life in prisons. And her reporting is very much informed by her own experience. She spent two years behind bars. Last year, I spoke to Blakinger about her memoir, Corrections in Ink. And she described in detail just how agonizing her experience in prison was, especially in solitary confinement. I just, as soon as the door shut behind me, I just sort of burst out into tears because I immediately realized how maddening and claustrophobic this was. And while telling her own story involves digging up some of the most traumatic chapters of her life, Blakinger says she finds meaning in her work because it's about more than just herself. To me, it's just been so deeply meaningful to be able to tell stories about people who are in the places that I've been and to help amplify those voices and, you know, make their experience of incarceration maybe some bit less awful or more productive than mine was. Consider this. Reporters who have been incarcerated, like Carrie Blakinger, can offer a unique perspective when covering the prison system. Coming up, we'll hear from another journalist, also formerly incarcerated, whose new series tells stories about life in prison for an audience of people who are still living that life. From NPR, I'm Elsa Chang. It's Wednesday, February 22nd. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. It's Consider This from NPR. When Lawrence Bartley was released from prison five years ago, he linked up with the Marshall Project and started reporting on the criminal justice system. Now, he's hosting a new show that's airing weekly inside prisons and jails in 48 states. This is Inside Story, the only show about the system by people who lived it. I'm Lawrence Bartley. When I spoke with Bartley, he explained to me that including the perspectives of formerly incarcerated people just makes for richer coverage of the prison system, both for the public who can see the show online and for the people on the inside. There are many incarcerated people that read our journalism and, and news inside or see it in Inside Story and kind of pump their fists in the air like, finally, someone is telling the truth. Finally, we're seeing exactly what's happening. And this is my story. Yeah. Well, let me let me talk about you for a little bit. You served about 27 years in prison overall for multiple convictions, including murder. Mm-hmm. You were only 17 when you were sent to prison. Yes. That's correct. Okay. Let me ask you, how do you think entering prison when you were so young, how do you think that shaped the way you see the criminal justice system today? 
when you're a 17 year old going in, you just conditioned to think that adults are there to protect you. Mm-hmm. But I found that adults weren't there to protect me most of the time. Mm-hmm. Plopped into a situation where I had to learn how to shave, I had to learn how to be a man and navigate the system in a way that was very traumatic to people like me who were as young as I was. Mm-hmm. But once I was able to get a hang of it in a way that I can survive, then I figure out different defense mechanisms and how to cope with my situation. And that was education. Well, thank God that experience in many ways strengthened you, especially as a journalist. Your first episode delves into how children are treated inside prisons. And, you know, something the lawyer and activist Brian Stevenson said really stuck with me. He was talking about how if a society is going to incarcerate children, it should believe in their ability to change. Mm-hmm. And I think to take away someone's possibility for growth and change is irresponsible. It's punitive without purpose. And a system that punishes people without purpose is a system that loses its legitimacy. You know, Lawrence, I was curious because listening to an interview like this one with Brian Stevenson and other interviews throughout this series, was it difficult to get correctional facilities on board to air these shows? Because in many moments, these shows encourage us to think critically about the way society treats people who are incarcerated. Yes, there's so many different prisons and jails. And the way the rules are set up, they have the discretion to say what they can let in and what they won't, you know what I mean? But the people who run the facilities are meant to follow those. And a lot of times there's some of them who don't really agree with those rules. So it is my hope that creating a series like this, that we have some of those people who are in the power to say yes or no, to look at it and say, let me look at the way I'm running my facilities to see how it stacks up against what's in this episode. If it's consistent with what's in this episode, I'm hoping that the inherent good in people will say, well, I I need to make some change and and I'm not going to block the episode from coming and I'm going to let people see it. Did you encounter any resistance to airing these shows inside certain prisons or have any correctional facilities tried to exert editorial control over the content of any of these episodes? They cannot. They cannot exert editorial control. Did they try? Have any? No, they haven't tried, but there have been some states that have said that, oh, no, I don't think we, we want this inside of our facility because it's kind of critical. Yeah. You sit down in the third episode with two Baltimore City police detectives known as Dre and Big H, Andreas Severino and Ralph Horton. They both host a podcast called The Silverback Chronicles. And You had some pretty pointed questions for them about interrogations. And I just want to play a little of one exchange where you reflect on your own experience. When I was arrested, I said I want a right to remain silent. They said, yeah, you're going to get your in there and I'm a right to whoop your mother. Yeah, that policing culture is it up for everybody. Everybody else. Because there's always an old school police culture. There's always an old school business that people just were under and they followed. And that was just how things were done. And that's, it's horrible. It really is horrible. We're but sorry, even today, we're sorry that you went through that. That's ridiculous. Tough to hear, but... Appreciate that. And then Detective Horton goes on to make the point that police reform has been huge. That's his word. That things are changing in police departments in terms of how they treat the people they interact with. Let me ask you, Lawrence, as you have worked with the Marshall Project and reported out stories for Inside Story... 
Have you come away with that same impression? Well, no. When you see what happened with Tyree Nichols in Memphis, that highlights that things haven't changed. We see over and over again people being killed by police officers and not much happened to them. Sure, what what happened to Derek Chauvin, him being sentenced, that was a step. But there are other people who felt like they don't get justice. So I won't say that the system is not making steps towards change, but I will say the system has a long way to go. Yeah. Well, in one of the recurring features in this series, I love that you you also profile formerly incarcerated people who have gone on to lead really productive lives, like Fernando Ruiz, who's an executive chef in Santa Fe now, and Lunell, the comedian. I talked about the strip searches and the degradation of that. And then from the mindset of the person doing it, like, do you know if they're just trying to be professional or they're enjoying it too much? Or, you know, you don't know what's going on in their head. And then the mystery meat with what is this, pimento and olive loaf? What the, you know, yeah, that was a lot of comedy that I drew from being in jail. Well, Lunell's been on the HBO show Hacks. She's reportedly got a Netflix special coming up. It made me feel that your series, it isn't just about informing people in prison about the criminal justice system. It's also about giving them hope. Absolutely. You know, people who are incarcerated, including myself, I was told over and over again how horrible I was. But no one tells us that you can be a Lunell. Yeah. No one says you could be a Chef Ruiz. You know, we've heard tons of feedback from people who are formerly incarcerated or even people who normally thought of people who commit crimes as as folks that should never return back to society, an afterthought, just horrible people, and um, are now kind of softening and looking at people as people. Sure, they committed some bad acts that got them there, but let's give them an opportunity to, to be people because 95% of people who are incarcerated are coming out someday. And um, this series opens their eyes to what's possible for them, allows them to dream, and allows them to prepare right now from where they are to becoming someone everyone else thought that they couldn't be. Like becoming another Lawrence Bartley. <laughs> Lawrence Bartley is co-creator of the new series Inside Story in partnership with Vice News and The Marshall Project. Thank you very much for sharing this time with us, Lawrence. Thank you, Elsa. Thank you so, so much. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Elsa Chang.